0: Welcome to Victory in the Word Radio Ministries of Renaissance Church of God in Christ, USA. We're the host, Bishop Dennis J. McMurray is our Senior Pastor, and Dr. E. Jean McMurray is our First Lady. Join us in this inspiring time of praise, worship, and fellowship designed to encourage and motivate everyone through the Word of God. Now prepare your hearts to be blessed with Victory in the Word.
1: Now, don't y'all let it go. Stay right there. I'm getting ready to pray. But stay right there. We're going to praise Him this morning, y'all. Because God sits down with us when we praise Him. God marries us when we praise Him. So, Lord, we praise you today. And we thank you today for being good all the time. We thank you today for allowing us to see another day. Lord, let a Holy Ghost fit, break out in this place. And God will give your name the praise, the honor, and the glory. Can I see the praises in here who appreciate the goodness of God? St. Luke 23, chapter 23, verses 33 and 34. When I say, ready, read, read with power, clarity, and authority. Ready, read. God bless you. You may be seated. This morning I want to talk to you from one of the many lessons of Calvary's cross. And the lesson, the message that I want to share with you this morning is forgiveness, a sign of spiritual maturity. Forgiveness, a sign of spiritual maturity. Hmm. Jesus cries at the cross while he's hanging there, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. In this case, Jesus had done nothing. And found himself at a place that he didn't deserve to be, but it was part of the progress and the plan. There's two levels of forgiveness. Forgiveness when you've been foul and you need to get something right with somebody. That type of forgiveness, you need to get that right yourself. You know you've treated somebody in a way you should not have treated them, spoken to them in a way you should not have spoken or dealt with them in a way that you should not have dealt with them, then that's the kind of forgiveness where you need to handle that business yourself. The Bible talks about how to do that, and I won't spend a lot of time on that, but it says you go to the person yourself. If they'll accept your forgiveness, then fine. If not, then you take someone with you. Then if that doesn't work, then you know you've done your part. That's not the kind of forgiveness that I want to deal with today. The level of forgiveness I want to deal with this morning is that kind of forgiveness when you know you've done nothing. And you know people have... Anybody ever been treated badly because you've done... Matter of fact, you've been pretty good. With that kind of forgiveness... It takes God to work it out because if I haven't done anything to Brother Tony. There's no need for me going to Brother Tony asking Brother Tony to forgive me because I've done nothing to him. However, as a mature believer, I must ask God forgive Tony for he knows not what he has done to me. And not only does he not realize what he has done, he don't realize who he's done it to. So Lord, I want to make sure that from my perspective, if he gets gat, it ain't because I've asked you to deal with him differently. And so that's where we're at today, where God is having us as he prepares to be God in a way that many of us have never seen before in our lives. God wants to make sure that our record is clean and our mindset is properly positioned for him to be God all the way in our lives. Does anybody want God to be God all the way in your life? God's requiring us to be spiritual now. John chapter 4 speaks to us and he says talks about they those who worship the Lord must worship him in spirit and in truth. Yeah. That chapter also calls for what is known as the true worshiper. God is requiring, my brothers and sisters, that we have a level of spiritual maturity like we've never had before. Yeah. And what's difficult about becoming a spiritual person I said, Pastor McMurray, what do you mean by spiritual? That mean I got a jack. And, hey, no, 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 that's not spiritual. That's performance in most cases. But then it's a reaction to the touch of God in many cases. But it's not an outward kind of manifestation that means a person is spiritual. When you are spiritual, it means before you do anything, you count the cost and you consider what that choice will do in terms of either preserving or negatively affecting your relationship with God. To be spiritual means that I process everything that I think and do through God first. I just don't go do what I want to do because I know up in here there's many Christians uh, that have been hurt and dealt with negatively by people that your initial thought that the enemy brought to your mind was uh, let me put my knuckles on their forehead because they're foul and wrong but because God has walked with you before you could take the hands and ball the fist and throw a blow God took control of them hands uh, and told you to let them go, lift him up, give him the glory, give him the honor. In other words, you process a human challenge through a spiritual network. That's what God is requiring us to do, my brothers and sisters, in these last days where he's ready to manifest himself to us in a most profound way. God is saying, process life through me first. Then I'll lead you and guide you in all of your truths and all of your paths and all of your ways. God is saying, acknowledge me first. Lean not toward your own understanding first. But in everything you do, everywhere you go, in anything you encounter, acknowledge me. And watch me take control of your anger. Acknowledge me and watch me make you act like I But it's so difficult because what most of us, because most of what we face is a human challenge. And God expects us to be spiritual when we've been attacked by a human. Hmm. That's tough, ain't it? God is requiring, my brothers and sisters, that we live our lives Every day in a human world. But He requires our actions and our attitudes toward that human world to be spiritual. Lord, they're foul, so be spiritual. Lord, I need to get at them, okay, but be spiritual. Lord, I want to go off, you can't be spiritual. In other words before you act God wants you to process that emotional action through him first through the spirit first and you can do see, everybody can everybody can act holy and churchy when there's no challenge in your life when the cupboards and the refrigerator are full your bank account is good and All the kids getting A's and B's and your spouse is treating you wonderful. Oh, anybody can say, have you tried Jesus? He's all right. But when it appears that a storm has been released into your life, can you say then that he's all right? That's what the Lord is calling for us to do. It's when it gets difficult to process life choices through him. It's not easy, but we must ask God, forgive them. You know who them is. If you know who them is, if you got some thems in your life, raise your hand. Yeah, I'm talking about them ones, and I know that's not proper English, but that just works. Them one, Tell your neighbor he's talking about them ones. Them ones. Them ones. Excuse me. Them ones. Them ones. Them ones. You can give your neighbor some that right there and say, yeah, they're them ones. What then does it mean to forgive? It means to leave alone. Are you ready to leave it alone? Or do you still want to get back? Scripture tells us, the Lord says, vengeance is mine. I'm going to handle it. I'm going to repay it. I'm going to deal with it. But the human propensity said, but Lord, you need my help. Because I want to see him sweat. Lord, you need my help. I want to see the bottom lip bleed. Lord, you need my help. I want to see the eye black, the the left one black, and the right one blue. Lord, you need my help. I want to see the left nostril bleed blood and the right nostril produce mucus. Oh, I said that nice, didn't I? But I was really trying to say snot. You know, Lord, you need my help. But God said, it's time for you to let it go. To forgive means don't even discuss it no more. It's deep, ain't it? To forgive means don't even even let it hinder you or stop you anymore. Why does God want you to leave it alone? He wants you to leave it alone so he can take you to another place. He wants you to leave it alone so he can bring you closer to him. He wants you to leave it alone so you can disconnect from the companionship of being in a bad situation. Do you know you can be going with somebody that don't mean you good? Do you know you can be in companionship and relation, Well, more so in relationship with somebody that hates your guts. Can I tell you something about a relationship that ain't hardly no good for you, but you still holding on to that relationship? You know you can't stand them and you know they can't. Well, no, you trying to get over them but you know they can't stand you you know they lied you know they've hurt you you know that they've damaged you and you're to the point where you can't let them go either because you're thinking too much about what they have done and what they have said and regardless of if you're dealing with them every day or just see them every six months the fact that you're carrying them in your mind the fact that you're carrying in the heart whatever has been done has been done baby God didn't bless you to break loose God has blessed you to move on God has blessed you to have the victory Walk in the victory and leave them alone Don't be trying to wish nothing bad on nobody Why waste your time wishing something bad On somebody that don't mean nothing to you anyhow God wants you to leave it alone And leave them alone So that he can give you a focus factor To prepare for that place where he wants to position you. And God can't put somebody where he wants to put them. If their heart and their mind is all the way back in the day. You know, back in the day when whatever happened happened back in the day, God wants to bring you out of the day, move you into a new day and prepare you for your next day. And something as simple as forgiving somebody is could be the element that allows God to take you not to a new level, but to a new dimension with all the pain you've been through. A new level isn't a high enough of a promotion. You deserve to go to a new dimension. Dimension, You've been holding your peace. It's time for a new dimension, new life experiences, new level of blessings, new level of breakthrough. God wants you to enjoy him like you've never enjoyed him. God wants you to be where he's been waiting for you to get for a long time. Are you willing to forgive? But pastor, you don't know. Pastor, you don't know my life. Pastor, you don't know what that man did to me. Pastor, you don't know what that woman did to me. You don't know what they did to me. You don't know what, the, you, don't, you don't, you don't, I don't know. And I don't want to know. But I am going to give you a snapshot into somebody's life that he has allowed me to know. And if he can do it, you can do it. Jesus was a good man. All he wanted to do was help people renew their relationship with God the Father. He gave up his glory in heaven. Dwelt amongst us for 33 years. The last three years of his life were his ministry years. He healed like nobody had never healed before. He performed miracles like nobody had ever seen before. Other people performed tricks. He performed miracles. He gave life and spoke life that changed men's and women's lives. And because he was doing it the God kind of way, people hated him. Can I tell you something? Because you choose to live your life the God kind of way. People are going to hate you, especially if you used to live your life the devil kind of way. Now that the Lord didn't clean your mind and cleaned your attitude, you would think everybody would be happy that I ain't scandalous like I used to be. I won't ask for scandalous people, but I think I'm looking at some former scandalizers. Some of y'all was violent up in here. She wasn't violent. I go in the back row. <laughs> some of y'all fought at the drop of a hat. And if I could take a survey, I would think I'd find out some of y'all just took your pistol out your purse and your pocket. Oops. Lord, don't let them go off when they step on their purse or their wallet to (laughs) shout. Jesus did nothing wrong. So, what they did, how did they reward him for his goodness? I'm almost done, y'all. How did they reward him? They took him to court. (laughs) When they took him to court, there was a man, two men by the name of Herod and Pilate. And they stood before them to be judged. And Herod wanted Jesus so bad, it, it, was, it was itching him. He wanted to deal with Jesus so bad. He wanted to hurt Jesus so bad. And he never could put his hand on Jesus. And so here now, some 33 years, he's finally able to get his hands on Jesus. Jesus. He had been haunting Jesus before he born into this world. And finally he gets to chance. Some of y'all have had some people in your life that's been haunting you all your life. You don't know why. Why you don't like me? Why, why you wanna hurt me? Why do you have a thing against me? All your life you've watched them be nice to other people, but then when it comes to being nice to you, they all of a sudden turn evil and hate you. That's where Herod was. Herod kind of found out I can't find nothing on him. So he turned him back over to Pilate, but Herod and Pilate had a conversation. And Herod and Pilate said, oh, but we're going to find a way, some kind of way. I don't know how. Now, Herod hated Pilate. And Pilate hated Herod. You see where I'm going? And Herod hated Pilate. And Pilate hated Herod. But when they had Jesus back up against a wall, they got so happy that they thought they had cut him off and stopped him until the two of them who hated each other all their lives came together and became good friends because they finally found somebody that they hated together. What am I saying? You can find that in the 11th and 12th chapter of that 23rd verse, 23rd chapter of St. Luke. What am I saying? Your enemies will join forces. Your enemies will join forces when it looks like you ain't going no further. If they do nothing but to join forces to rejoice that you're going through the crucifixion of your life, they will join forces. Y'all, enemies don't never supposed to come together. And these two enemies came together because it looked like they were going to finally defeat who they wanted to defeat some people in your life you know they can't stand each other but you're at a point in life right now where it looks like you're not coming out you're at a point in life right now when it looks like you've been nailed to the cross and your enemies are joining forces trying to prevent you from advancing in this life and if indeed you find yourself at this point in life I want to let you know today we said often, and I think it fits right here, but you've got to believe it regardless of what it looks like. And this is what I need you to believe, that no weapon formed against you, don't matter who didn't join forces, doesn't matter who lying on you, doesn't matter who, t- oh, y'all, ooh, can, I, can, I, can I talk to you for a minute? What they will do is go get reputable people. You know, I expect Ned to or if he' lying, you know, he's going to lie. I expect Sally Sue to Sally sewer to lie, but when people are reputable. And so you got to understand something about a, a manipulative liar who can't stand you. They can't stand you in your face. But then a manipulative liar will go and change clothes. And put on truth clothes and try to move into your centers of influence and try to tell people, oh, but you don't know the real them or you don't know them like I know them. And because they are so reputable, the folks that they're telling the lie to is going to believe it must be some truth because Mr. Tom Tom is a good man and Miss Sally Sue is a good woman. And I don't know him but they know him they've worked with him they've talked with her and so when it seems like the manipulators are advancing and they're stopping you you go here and find out wait a minute now last week you was my friend but this week you you're going to do something greater than anybody has ever done it before That's when it looks like they gang up on you and come after you in a way to try to stop you. But I'm here to let you know today, your attitude and your motivation may not, cannot be, Lord, I'm going to show them. Because that's what will happen. You'll begin to live and flow and function to show somebody you can't stop me. And if you're taking that attitude on, you've got the wrong attitude. Your attitude needs to be, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Lord help me today. Don't let nobody stop you. Y'all hear me in here? If you got the anointing on your life, you just got the anointing on your life. Y'all don't hear me. I mean, can I can I break it down? Folks sitting up in jail, y'all don't hear me, on their way to prison or just getting out mad at you because you didn't get caught and y'all was all doing the same thing and they... They can't understand why you didn't get caught. I'm trying to tell you why you didn't get caught. What God has for you, it is for you. And God has a way of even covering you in your foolishness. It's called grace. Covering you when you're doing stuff you ain't got no business doing. The reason some of y'all never got caught up, and those of you that got caught up and got out of it, is because God had a greater plan for your life. So don't go hating players. Don't go hating people. Don't get bitter and mean. Get close to God and God will tell you, forgive them. For yeah. well, they know not, can I just be hikes for a minute? They don't even know who they messing with. They don't even know. I dare two or three of y'all just stand up there. they don't even know who they mess with. They don't even know who they mess. <laughs> But I know this, if it had not been, for the Lord on my side, Jesus, it's good. Am I all right, Sister Cooper? Wood? Do I need to let another one of them go? All right, one more. Just tell them one more time. They don't even know who they messing with. <laughs> Y'all didn't put the ha ha on the end. Say ha ha. So they grabbed Jesus, Pilate, and Herod said, we find no fault in him. I'm going to let him go. And the people said, ah, oh, give us Barabbas. We want him done. And this is what they did to our Lord. They took and laid the cross on the ground, laid the cross beam on the ground, and they took not in the hands, as some people would say, but in the risk. Where that main vein run through after they had beat him, You thought Beating him was enough, but after they beat him, they took and they put two big spikes in his wrist. Then they made him carry that cross through the street, thinking they was embarrassing him. Some of you, you've been feeling like you've been embarrassed. And the very people who wanted to get you have been screaming and hollering, oh, I got you now. Oh, we got you now. What you going to do now? You can't do nothing now. And if you hear that kind of conversation long enough, y'all, it's going to affect your mind and your spirit. It will mess with you. I don't care what nobody say. It will mess with you. But when God is telling us to filter our thoughts and our, y'all, awfully quiet, y'all listening, filter our thoughts and our actions through His spiritual ways. God will give you an ability to see things and deal with things that surprises you while you seeing them and dealing with them. Then they took, nailed his feet to the cross. Then they took the cross and they stuck it in this hole in the ground. And there he hung. And the thing about crucifixion is your body pulls against itself. And it causes you to suffocate and not breathe. But then it cuts off the circulation, y'all don't hear me, in your body. And so the circulation does not get to the vital organs in your body so you can't breathe. You're in pain that you could never imagine. Jesus was bleeding profusely because they had beat him, not with just a leather whip, but a whip that was full of sharp glass and sharp metal. And they slit, so his body was... Y'all, if you could see it, if you ever saw Passion of the Christ, that gives you an idea. His body was slit and cut and bleeding and blood, a headache. His lungs were filling up with blood and the pressure of hanging on that cross and hearing all the people talking in his ear saying he ain't this and we finally got him. What are you going to do now? If he's all that, save himself now. Now, and here is Jesus at a place where he's hurting more than he's ever hurt before in his life. People are laughing at him. People are ridiculing him. I ask you today and I share with you today that the ability to forgive is most difficult when society and people are the most wicked
0: Thank you for listening to Victory in the Word Radio Ministries of Renaissance Church of God and Christ USA where our Senior Pastor is Bishop Dennis J. McMurray and Dr. E. Jean McMurray is our First Lady It is our prayer that you've Been moved by the Word of God We welcome you to join us at 1001 33rd Street Southeast Grand Rapids, Michigan 49508 Be prepared to attend Sunday School at 9 a.m. in the Family Life Center and our Sunday morning worship service at 10.30 a.m. We also invite you to attend our midweek worship opportunities on Wednesday afternoon, 12 noon, in the chapel, and Thursday at 6.45 p.m. in the Family Life Center. Feel free to call us at 616-243-0991. Also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you for joining Victory in the Word. And until next time, walk in victory.